Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister. And fun fact, I'm the original host of Off the Couch. And you can check out everything we're up to and everything we're reviewing over at blisterreview.com. So before we get started here, some of you might be surprised to be hearing my voice again on this show. Well, the story is that our fearless running editor, Matt Mitchell, has returned to graduate school. So while Matt will still be contributing reviews for our running section at Blister, I am going to be resuming off-the-couch hosting duties for the time being. And I've got to say, I'm delighted to be back. The people I connected with on Off the Couch and the wide-ranging nature of so many of the conversations I had were always really special to me. And so while Matt did a terrific job as host, I am looking forward to diving back in here for a bit. And for my return episode, I couldn't be happier than to have as my first guest one of the people that I have really come to admire and someone with whom I connected with in a deep way right off the bat when I first talked with him a few years ago on this very podcast. Furthermore, it is a very fitting time to check back in with Michaela Gralia because recently and improbably, Michaela decided to stop running while in first place by over an hour at the Tahoe 200 despite feeling fine physically. So why the former winner of the Moab 240 and Badwater 135 decided to do that, and why shortly thereafter he announced that he would be walking away from racing? Well, these are the primary topics of this conversation. But as with my previous conversations with Michaela, his reasons run deep, and his explanations are honest and insightful enough to help each of us think through whatever path we currently find ourselves on. And so with that, let's get to my conversation with Michaela Gralia, and we will include a link in the show notes of this episode to my previous off-the-couch conversations with Michaela. Here we go. Well, Michaela, how are you today and where are you today? Well, Jonathan, thanks for having me again. Um, I, I am doing okay. I am doing okay. I can say I am, uh, I cannot say I'm great. I cannot say I'm bad. I am, uh, in a way, surviving through life right now with uh, a positive attitude. Um, and uh, as we speak, you find, I, you know, I find myself in Abu Dhabi, the, in the Emirates. Uh, where actually right after I interview, the reason why I'm here, I have uh, an important meeting with the sport council here in uh, in the city because of the next project I'm working on. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Are you curious to know what that project is? <laughs> you and I have had uh, not not dozens and dozens of conversations, but we have had 100% uh, very deep and meaningful and good conversations. Um, and I agree. Uh, I agree. And so, 
there has been uh, some things going on in your life where I said, okay, we are overdue uh, and it is absolutely time uh, to reconnect. And um, so absolutely. that is what we are here to do. And I'm really happy to be connecting again with you on this. And um, it has to be said for me, I mean, we kind of from the very first conversation we ever had, it was just we were in it right away. And um, yeah, oh, yeah. It should also be said we we have laughed quite a bit, uh, but but it is uh, we we've also gone real deep uh, from the jump, and I, I it's a quality I appreciate, and um, so uh, it you occupy an interesting position in sort of this large library of conversations that I get to have, um, but but you are uh, absolutely among my favorite people to talk to, and so oh man, I. I truly appreciate, and I can, um, I can, I do reciprocate that uh, that feeling, that thought. Um, right from the very first interview we had, the first conversation, I, you know, I, I felt that we connected, and it was easy to talk about these deeper, you know, uh, more sensitive conversations. A lot of times, you know, um, I kind of, again, you know, it's it's about kind of testing each other in a way to see how far we can take, you know, and a lot of times if the, even the interviewer is not ready to dive too deep, you know, you cannot share too much because it doesn't resonate. So it was a pleasure for me to be able to connect with you and to not to connect just virtually, but to connect also on a personal level that we could get to those, to those depths together and allow to, to develop that, the line of thought, you know? So Great pleasure again to to be able to reconnect with you. Told you. So, I think we maybe start this story with the recent <laughs> Tahoe Two Hundred. Yeah. So where do we start? <laughs> where do we start? <laughs> I start. I start. I start from the ground where I'm bleeding. <laughs> I feel like I'm a boxer. You know? I'm on the ground bleeding. I'm spinning my mouthpiece. <laughs> Drool everywhere. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to get back up now. Um, so, you know, Tao 200 was, um, first of all, I tell you, Tao has been probably the last race that uh, kind of intrigued or that fascinated. It's, uh, you know, ultra running is such, a, is such an amazing sport, but it's also a very, very, very difficult. Uh, it, can, it can give you the most amazing highs, but it can also give you the lowest blows. And, um, and I learned, and I learned it the hard way, in both, you know, the hard and the good way. Um, I, I had signed up to Tao the first time in 2017, then again in 2018, then again in 2020, then again in 2022. So every year, it's been years that I've been trying to do it. Then for one reason or another, one, I had another commitment, another one, uh, I was injured. Another one, the race got canceled because of fire. Uh, last year, I moved. So there were so many things that always got in the way. And so this past year, um, this past winter, actually, I, I was like, okay, I'm in Europe now. I mean, I used to live in California, Southern California. So for me, it would have been a short trip to Tahoe. But uh, it's very winter. I got, you know, I got to talk to Candice first, which is the 
the race director, the, the organizer, the founder of the destination to race to organize the race. And she's like, you know, we can get you a spot in. I was like, say no more. I'm in. So I, you know, planned my trip, dedicated months and months and seasons of training, looking after the race. I did some shorter races here in Europe, the Alps. Uh, some went well, some didn't. You know, I did all this training to kind of, you know, peak. And um, I tell you, I got to Tahoe in uh, one of the best physical shapes of my life. The problem was everything else. <laughs> the physical in ultra running is just one tiny part. There is the mental, which is much bigger. And there is the emotional, which is the biggest tank you need to fill. So the physical is easy. Anybody can train the physical. You just do the work. You just do the work. You wake up. You know, that's, that's what we talk about. That's what we talk about mindset. We talk about dedication. We talk about vision because you motivate yourself. You wake up early in the morning. You train two three times a day. I used to do long runs that were the six, seven, eight, nine hours range. So it's like, you know, training over 30 hours a week. That's a huge amount of, of work. That doesn't face me. That doesn't face me. That's, that's the easy part. You know, you just do what you need to do. The mental, to me, goes along with the, with the physical training in a way because you develop yourself through the hardship of training and you develop that mental stamina, you develop that resilience. The hardest part is always the emotional because you cannot control that. There is life involved. There is your feelings involved. And, you know, it's, I meditate a lot this year. I meditated like never before. And I still couldn't tap into that the way I want. Couldn't control it the way I want. So when I took the line of Tao, I, I had this feeling that I was calm, that I was composed, that I knew what I was doing, done it before. I knew what I was getting myself into. It was a, it's a 206 mile race. So uh, a little shorter than Moab, mm -hmm. uh, but a monumental challenge. And we started off, um, it was a hard day. It was very hot. We were up at altitude, uh, often over 90,000 feet. And, uh, you know, overlooking the, we were on the east side of Tahoe, the first part of the race, overlooking the, you know, the whole Nevada desert right there, the Mojave. So it was like really hot winds. You're, over, you're at 10,000 feet. So there's, there's so many different factors making it hard. Lots of people dropping, lots of people slugging, you know, sluggishly, sluggishly moving along the trail. And I was just, you know, I just did, I just did my job, you know, my job when I needed to. I was moving, I was conservative, I was staying on top of nutrition, hydration, felt good, control my mind. I was like, don't get, you know, don't get too ahead, don't think too far ahead, because, you know, 200 miles, it's a big distance to wrap your mind around, you know? So when you're a mile 12 and you're crossing some deep snow, a top of ridges and you're moving two miles an hour, you're like, okay, this is going to take a while, you know, <laughs> but you reel it in, you know, you reel, you reel the mind in like, okay, it's almost like holding, I would often relate to it as holding the reins of the horse. You know, you cannot let the wild horse run around. You got to contain it. And so I did. Um, I got to hundred K, which was the main, the first station where I could see my crew. 
And um, I felt good physically, but I knew already there that things were starting to slip. And I was like, let me just eat something real quick and let me get back out because it's only when you move that you can process your thoughts. When you stop, I feel like I stagnate and I get, you know, I get down. So I got out. It was starting. Uh, it was, it was already dark. I was going into the night and mind at that point, I already had over, over an hour to be on second, third place, which we're running together. So I had no competition uh, pressure at that point. I mean, I knew the race was so long still, but you know, I wasn't thinking about where am I, how far are they? You know, I was just not thinking about it at all. I was completely submerged in the experience for myself, by myself. You know what I mean? And so I get to the stop. The, you know, I had to climb up after the checkpoint. And on the descent, I just started walking. And I'm like, mm, it's not my legs, it's not my mind. There's no pull. Remember, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. We spoke pushing about push versus and pull. pulling. Yes. Yep. Right. There was no pull whatsoever. Like Can you zero. say say for somebody because it's been a, a a minute since that conversation happened? Talk yeah. a little bit yeah. for a second about this pushing versus pulling. Yeah. Well, I feel that. In every endeavor that I jumped in, there was a level of the ones that at least went well, I, um, or at least that I managed myself well, are the ones where my, I was completely, deeply, emotionally involved to it. Um, I was motivated. I was inspired by it. There was a major, there was a great reason. I had a big why I was doing it. And that's always the hardest question to answer. And I'll get to that in a minute, continuing the Tao story. Um, I feel that once when we are striving towards something that we're not fully involved in, that we're not fully, we don't feel the call, we push through. We need to give it, you know, we need to uh, push that energy forward, but it's a mental. It's a mental uh, decision. You put your physical, you put your mental, and you push through. And that's, you know, through that, you can achieve a lot. But I think that the real magic happens when you're so deeply connected and involved and submerged in the experience that it doesn't become a striving anymore. You're not pushing anymore. You're called, you're pulled towards that that you're doing. And I don't want to say become effortless, but in a way, it does become effortless. Because again, you are not striving towards something. You're called by what inspires you. And that's, I think that's when you can achieve the highest level of commitment, dedication, and, uh, and you can achieve the biggest goals. Because uh, there is no, there's no sense in, in, the, in, those, in those moments. In, in what I experience is there is no sense of time or pain. It's almost transcending everything. You're not, you're not the body. You're not the mind. You're called by your soul. You're fulfilling your soul's purpose in a way. So that, that's not just about sport. I feel that transcends the, 
every uh, art, let's say that. And, uh, and to me, that's where the magic lies. You know, if you don't get, if you cannot tap into that, it just cannot happen because it's not, it's not just a marathon with all due respect to even 5Ks. It's not just a half marathon or just a marathon. It's, a, it's an effort that you continue for days. You know, the, fast, the, the, the record time at Tao is 49, 50 hours. So that's two plus days of running through mountains and trails and heat and altitude. And you cannot fake it. You're either fully in it for yourself or you're not going to do it. You know, um, I, I always, uh, I always uh, get fascinated, of course, by the power of the mind and the whole line of, you know, the mental strength that we can develop. But I feel the true strength lies beyond the mental, beyond the physical, of course, which is the basic layer, beyond the mental. But then we spoke about this before. There is a, there's the, the soul, the heart, the emotional, which, is, which can transcend anything. You can break any barrier. And that to me is, when you tap into that, you're pulled. Pulled by what you're doing, by your art, by your craft, whatever goal you achieve. I, I was just pushing. I was just pushing in this race. I was just pushing, pushing, pushing. I got to about, I would say, shy of 70 miles. You know, it was almost like a, it was a very pivotal time. And not in the race. But I would say in my life, and I tell you, and it was like a very, very um, distinctive imagery too, and very fitting because I remember, like I'm still there. There's the trail that continues up on this ridge to the left, and all of a sudden, there's a little tiny trail that branches off to the right. Okay. So there's this big bulb right there. And I'm like, let me take a seat for a second, see what happens. <laughs> I'm just walking. So might as well, you know, I sat down, I ate a little something and mind, my legs were fine. My stomach was okay. My mind was in turmoil, but it was my, my, it was me deep inside at that point that was crying, you know? And, um, and I sat on the rock for over an hour. During the race, I sat on the rock in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, on top of a eight, nine, ten thousand feet mountain by myself. Okay. And, uh, and I sat there for over an hour because the, the second and third and fourth place didn't even catch up to me yet. And I was like, why are you doing it? Just as simple as that. I sat there and I was like, Answer this question right now. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you need to demonstrate that you're strong? Are you doing it to please the sponsors because you know you have a commitment with them because they allow you to, to live this life, this lifestyle, this passion? That can go only a certain length, you know? That, that commitment, that uh, respect for them, the reason why you do it needs to be much higher. You need to be, again, or at least I need to be emotionally connected. And at that point, I realized that 
I didn't have a why. I was doing it because I had to do it because I felt that I was in the position that I had to do it so that I can continue. But then the realization is that's no longer passion. That's no longer fueled by passion. That's no longer fueled by, by your deepest desires, you know, and your deepest, uh, you know, it's not fueled by love. Let's just say it this way. It's not fueled by love. It's fueled by the fact that I feel like I'm committed to other people that have been supporting. And uh, thankfully, I came to that realization because it's been a thought that's been haunting me for at least a couple of years. And it was probably already there when I dropped out of bad water after our last interview. And uh, then, you know, then I had to, last year was a very trouble because I had a big injury. It took me like almost six months to get back on my feet and another almost six months to get back in shape. So, you know, a lot of things happened. But when I, go, when I was going through injury, I was inspired by the opportunity to get back. So I wasn't even addressing that problem. So it kind of, you know, it laid underneath the surface. It was hiding. And I didn't have the chance to dig. So to me, Tao was the opportunity to get the shovel and start digging again and get to the point where I needed to confront myself. Because until you don't face the monster, you cannot see what it's about. You can be a tiny monster. A lot of times it'd be Godzilla, you know, <laughs> you never know. And so I found myself at that point where I had to confront it. I had to confront myself. And just as easy as, I cannot say one, two, three, but it was a very, very easy decision. I picked up my phone. I called my crew and I was like, guys, I dropped a pin and I was like, come pick me up. I am done. Like, oh no, you know, everybody was worried. Oh my God, what happened? Are you okay? And I'm like, I am fantastic. And I just came to a, the greatest realization of this time for me in my life, this moment. And, uh, and I'm perfectly okay with it. Just come pick me up. I am done. Like, no, just continue. You know, you, you have, you're still in the lead. You're doing great. You know, you, it'll come to you. You can still win. And I'm like, I don't care. Honestly, <laughs> I was just, I don't care. I honestly could not care. Like I, there was nothing, you know, it's almost like you're in love and then there's no more love. And, and that's why, as you know, when we first started speaking and you asked me, how are you? And I said, I'm okay. Because it's a very bittersweet moment where I am. I came to acceptance of it, but it's all, and which which it's it's liberating on one side, but it's also extremely challenging and hurtful on the other side because I, you know, it, ultra running and this whole pursuit was a very fixed and stable ground for me, fixed point in my life. I had such a direction, dedication towards it that it was unquestionable. So now all of a sudden, everything changed. And now I find myself in this, uh, in this new position where this trail branched off, you know, and I took the turn out and I'm walking kind of, you know, I'm tiptoeing right now 
to see what it's going to be, where this new trail is going to take. Um, with this, I want to say, you know, it's not that I'm giving up on, on anything. It's just that I don't find racing exciting anymore. I don't find that, I find that racing is actually taken away from me because it was no longer an authentic feel of wanting to pursue this challenging for myself to experience those depths, to experience those lows, to, pat, to push through those limits, to find out what I'm capable of. That's what fueled me at the beginning. The races were the opportunity to tap into that. You know, you cannot, you cannot do that in a training run. You know, you're not going to go outside and run for 60 hours straight. You know, you're just like, okay, I just go home. You know, in a race, you're put in the position where you have support, where you are committed to to this to this goal, and so you go for it. So that's an opportunity. To me, racing didn't didn't represent that. It just it just became a way, it just became the a job. It just became, you know, I'm sponsored. Then I need to keep on my status. Then I need to win so the next year I can make more money, you know, sign bigger contract, get more sponsors. So, which in a way is, is fantastic. It's an opportunity of a lifetime because not, you know, up until a few years ago, there weren't that many sponsored at sport. And now, you know, being able to be in that position and fulfill the dream is an absolute privilege. But it began to pollute my passion and my vision. And so I came to accept that. And I came to accept the fact that I couldn't lie to myself and not hide that feeling. Anymore. And uh, I decided to take a chance, uh, leave that, I say, paved road, even though it was a dirt trail. But I decided to leave that beaten path, let's say that, to branch off and see what I can do with this, what, how I can evolve from this feeling and how I can grow from it because I believe that we have endless ways to pursue our visions that doesn't necessarily need to walk along the, you know, what is laid in front of us. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I wondered coming into this conversation currently, and, you know, by the way, we're human beings, we're allowed to change our minds down the road in a six months, a year, whatever. But with well, with this decision, like I either am done with racing or I very well might be done with racing or I'm done with racing for now. I did wonder whether there was an element of I'm also done with long distance running. And I think you just answered that question really well. And for anybody who has read your book, Ultra, and and people should. Um, I'm an enormous fan of that book, but you do document a number of these races, races, right, where they were incredibly pivotal as you are exploring what's possible, as you're exploring beyond. And you just said this very well that those races were at that time the medium to do that yeah. and now it the feeling is it isn't that's not the the medium that's not the genre that's not the channel or the platform 
but but rather interesting, I suppose. I I don't know the percentage of people who have dropped out of a race when they're in first place <laughs> and, and up significantly. I'm <laughs> all my all my friends made so much fun of me. You don't understand. <laughs> whatever, oh, whatever. <laughs> I I also think a fascinating part of this is. Um, you were dealing with a significant injury and a frustrating injury. And that makes perfect sense when you say that you were just fighting to overcome that injury, to get back to a hundred percent. So there was a mission there, but that mission may have been um, masking some of the changes that you were feeling about these competitions. So I think that's, really really well put and it i that makes sense to me why you're in a race you're actually feeling good you're winning and and at that point you're not trying to to persevere with a body that isn't cooperating and achilles that isn't cooperating it's like everything's cooperating yeah 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 oh i had zero pain which was amazing i was so happy i'm like (laughs) You know, it's 70 miles in, I have zero problems with the Achilles. So I'm like, this is great. But, you know, it's again, the, the physical is the easiest part. You know, you can fix it's like, it's like, it's like a car. You know, I feel like the body is the car. Uh, the mind is, you know, the mind and the heart are the pilot. I mean, the mind is the pilot technically, but the heart needs to be set towards your goal in a way that, especially for these races, because again, it's not, a two, three hour effort. You're like, uh, whatever. I'm not in it. I got it out anyway. You know, I'll just put my head down. I breathe through it and I'll get it done. There, I probably, if everything went well, I probably had another 30, 35 hours racing, two and a half days, pretty much. I mean, one and a half days still. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I could, I could hide it or I could just quiet it down. I had to confront it. And that was the opportunity for me. Um, but you know, that way was also the realization was, uh, the realization was liberating because I came to accept it on that, on that boulder at that intersection, at that trail intersection. I, I just, I was like, you know, I can't keep fighting it and I cannot keep doing it for the wrong reasons because this is not healthy for me and it's not fair or respectful to the people that's, that have been supporting me through the journey. And when I came off of it, like right after, uh, not right away, because they actually gave me some faith, but a few days later, I spoke with pretty much all my sponsors and they were all like, we totally understand and know that our support doesn't huh. here. Huh. Which is fantastic mm-hmm. because they also understand that, you know, you can be, you know, we see as athletes, as sponsors, sponsored athletes as role models, right? for the amateurs, for the people that love the sport, um, whichever that may be. And, you know, I feel like that we have other ways to inspire people that is not just by winning trophies and medals, you know, and, and establishing our status more and more to prove that, you know, the best. I feel that we can also share a more genuine and honest and authentic approach that is why do we do this? For the love of it, because we love it. Like, 
a skier loves to ski, uh, a surfer loves to surf, a skydiver loves to jump off of planes, and a runner loves to run as much as a biker loves to bike. And what is that pushes you to do it? Love. It's not status. I don't need to win to inspire people. I can show that you can just achieve the same things in a way enjoy which is joy joy pure joy in the craft that you chose and that's that to me transcends every competition transcends every barrier transcends everything because in the end that's you know that's what it's all about in my opinion and that's why i started this journey in the first place it was love for uh for the opportunity to push myself it was love for for the for the curiosity too to tap into to the realm, transcend the limitations and see what I'm capable of. So we can do that in so many other ways. And, and to me, that, you know, that, that feel, I don't want to say it's a, it's a, I don't say it's a thought, I say it's a feel, came to be in 2018 and 2018. That's why I struggled this past two years, because it was right after those expeditions in the desert that i did the atacama and gobi yep that i started to feel that because i'm like i don't need to race when i can just get out and do this it's much broader it's much more um it's just pure adventure it's just you know there's no checkpoints there's no people there's no times there's no rankings there's no need to prove that you're the best i was out there every single day, pushing my limits and did the best I could from sunrise to sunset. And even past that, I was just confronting myself, confronting the nature and living in it, fully present, fully involved and just loved it. And so when I came back from those experiences, I was like, why do I need to raise? Why do I keep need? Why do I need to keep, you know, putting trophies on the wall. It just didn't answer the question for me. And so again, when the why came, the the the, answer, the question came, why are you doing it? At the trailhead, I couldn't answer. So I decided to to walk off and now I'm looking forward to this to this new chapter because uh again to circle back why when you ask me what I'm doing here in uh Abu Dhabi is right after I interview, I have an appointment with the Sport Council. I'm planning to run the entire Arabian Peninsula this fall. So my running doesn't stop. My my in my pursuit don't change. It's just that I'm I'm I don't feel the need to race anymore. Just a simple like that. I, I want to ask a couple more questions about Tahoe though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we before we move on to the new chapter, I I'm just curious going yes, yes, into yes. that race, going into that race, what was your mindset like? Were you did you find yourself thinking I'm just not feeling super motivated for this one? Were you trying to squelch feelings like that and, you know, or did you what what were you telling yourself? What was the internal monologue like? Um, I tried 
like I, I really, really tried to motivate myself. And in a way, I was. Uh, but deep inside, I, I, mean, I feel like, you know, through meditation, you get very much in tune with yourself that you cannot lie. You cannot lie to yourself. You, you, are, you need to be honest to your true self. And as the training went along, I knew I was doing the work. I was feeling great. I was feeling, I don't want to say the fittest of my life, but I was very close to be a, one of the fittest I've ever been. Uh, my mental was there because through meditation, you can control those reins. Remember? I was controlling the wild horse. So I knew that I was going with calm and composed and controlled mindset. Uh, but deep inside, I knew that I was putting myself to the challenge because as I told you before, you cannot come to those realizations unless you dive in it at first. And so I couldn't answer those questions until I got to the point where I had to answer those questions. You understand? Yep. Yep. Like you cannot face the monster until you face the monster. You know, you can think of facing the monster, but you cannot take the sword out and fight it until you're facing it. <laughs> and then you find out if you can win or it's going to eat you. And so I, I had to get to the point with my physical and my mental. I had to run and get to the point where I had to find the monster. And the monster is that thought, that feeling. And so when I came to confront it, I knew right away, right away, that there was no battle there. And it's not a, it's not a matter of giving up. Again, it's a matter of, I guess, growth and evolution of this journey. You know what I mean? It's, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like I've lost. I feel like I've learned a lot. And I feel like I've grown in that, through that night. I feel like that when I came out, I wasn't the same person that started. And so in many ways, I feel like I won something. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps I haven't won in front of other people's eyes because they don't know what my feelings, my heart is taking me. They don't know what my journey is. Uh, like, you know, I've done... I've taken many, many difficult decisions in my life that uh, no, no close friends or even my parents ever understood. But, you know, they also allow me many ways to live um, a pretty unique journey so far. And so I don't question anymore. I follow my heart and I don't question. I just need to, I just need to abide by it because in the end, you will, you just, I would have just kept lying to myself. You know what I mean? I would have just kept, you know, hiding behind that and just keep uh, wearing a mask. And that's not, that's, that takes away from your authentic self. You know, you're, you're playing a role because you need to keep up to your image. You know, I feel like we can very, we can all very much relate to it uh, playing the social media game, you know? A lot of people become so self-absorbed and identified by, by the character that they portray to the public that you lose touch of who you actually are. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're a TikTok dancer, you're a TikTok dancer playing like a monkey for likes. You know what I mean? To all due respect to everybody that do these things. But um, in many ways, it takes away from, from, from you know, it, it narrows down who you are. It narrows down your choices narrows down your life your life experience 
And so I didn't want that to happen anymore. And, and I know it because I've done it for way too long. You know, I, I recognize, I identified, I, I identified myself with Michele Graglia, the ultra runner, Michele Graglia, you know, the, you know, this, this, and that. I'm like, yeah, I can be that, but I don't want to be defined just by it. And at that moment, I was like, winning another race is just going to be another medal on the on the wall that I shouldn't even on the wall. I keep my, you don't even see, I don't even have medals outside my house. They're, they're, in, the, they're in a bucket in a drawer, you know what I mean? And here and there, scattered here and there in, the, in my childhood bedroom. I send them to my parents, keep it there. So, you know what I mean? I, I don't care about those things. And, and to me, that because, I don't care about it because it's never been the fuel. As we said before, the races were just the means to achieve or experience those, those you know, the opportunity to, to live those experiences, but never the drive to, you know, the drive was never to win. The drive was never to, to, you know, to compete per se. I feel like the biggest races I've ever won was the, were the ones that I, I was just fully in it, competing against myself. And that I don't mean I needed to shatter myself. I needed to go past my limits. And you don't do that until you find yourself in the opportunity to do it. So again, um, it, was, it was the realization, um, a liberation to, to explore my feelings and my heart at that point. And right now, I feel so light. I feel like my heart opened. Like, I'm not lying to myself. I'm not lying to anybody else. I, I said how I feel. And if the sponsors understand, we continue. And if they don't, I'm sure I'll find another way to, <laughs> to live my life. You know what I mean? Let's talk about that for a minute. You, you wrote about this in a, in a really well-written post um, on your uh, Instagram uh, feed and reading it, you, you talked about, you know, ego and I felt this could have been lost in translation a little bit maybe, but I felt like you were being a little harder on yourself than maybe was warranted. But I wanted to ask you about it because look, we, all of us operate with um, some notion of self-identity, right? I, I think literally every one of us does. And um, I don't know what it would mean to be a human, an adult human being going through, you know, the day in and day out of our lives without having a certain sense of self and self-identity. You've, you've already talked about how our self-identities start to get formed by a number of things. It can be our familial expectations, the expectations of our friends. We might have a mortgage that we need to pay off. And so I'm going to stick with the job to pay for that. Um, you know, expectations from outside come to define us in ways that I think are normal and natural. And I'm still trying to square that a little bit in thinking about that decision on the rock. Um, you know, you yeah. talked a bit about you, you, you didn't want to let sponsors down. You maybe didn't want to let your crew down in that moment. And yet yeah. here yeah. we are. I'll, 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 I'll stop in a second and I'll let you, I'll let you 
go with this. So yes, yes, yes. I, I'm curious about, I mean, I'm excited to answer this. Okay. Well then, then I'll stop. Let's let's, then I, I can get to the no, other. No, 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 continue, continue. Well, no, no, continue, continue. Th- the other thing I was like, okay, I want the honest answer, which, which I am confident I will get oh, yeah. on that rock. You're like, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from this in that moment. You had, were you confident that your sponsors would then part ways with you? Did you think maybe some will, maybe some will stick around? Have you been thinking about this or were you, how much were you really like, I have no idea. I just am walking away now and we will figure out the rest later. Two, two, (laughs) not very related questions, but those are my two questions. Yeah, I feel like the first one is uh, is uh, can be deep. Uh, it depends how how deep you want me to get into that. I mean, into that why? But I feel <laughs> why change now? Do I have a free? Do I have a free range? Mm-hmm. Okay, free range. Get your goggles ready. <laughs> get your goggles ready. We're diving. Well, you know, I feel that uh, that's the that's the greatest struggle of that's the greatest struggle of our time you know, of our generation, at least, I, you know, we come from a generation that doesn't have, um, really hasn't had the greatest, you know, we haven't had the great wars, you know, we didn't live through the great wars that our grandparents lived. Uh, we didn't live through, you know, we have some economical crisis, but overall, we pretty much lived a comfortable lifestyle, at least since, you know, at least I speak for myself since I was born. Um, I feel that we, we have the hardest challenge in front of us i feel we are battling a spiritual crisis and and that is given by our society you know i feel that the the social conditioning uh the role that we need to play um often take us away from our from ourselves you know i feel that but when i you know i recently lost my grandma and and you know i remember the conversation with her there was never that that question not because they couldn't reach those depths but because it was never you know they could they never lost sight of who they were there were other outside problems that could have been money that could have been uh wars that could have been this this and that but they lived authentically their lives and there were never questions about this I feel that we are in a position right now where we are so defined by who we are. And that's given, I'm, I'm not saying it's a fault, anyone's fault, but it is their guidelines. They're given by, you know, from the moment we're born, by the family, the, the, the beliefs of our, of our, you know, the people around us, of our country, of our religion. You know, we are indoctrinated and conditioned and put into boxes that we need to play within and beware of stepping outside because it's dangerous because it's it's not right you know and so we i feel as we grow as we evolve and especially in our this time in this in the human history and actually the whole world history we have the opportunity to expand our horizons and our knowledge at a speed and a way that is unprecedented you know, you can just get on the internet and you have any answer, any thought, and you can reach out to any philosopher, any belief, 
anything you want is at your fingertips. So we have a level of understanding, perhaps not of, of wisdom, but of understanding and knowledge that is beyond anything that we ever experienced before. And so we have the opportunity to tap into that, but it also destabilizes. It destabilizes our, 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 you know, ourselves completely, physically, mentally, and emotionally, because those are not fixed points anymore. At least if you're, if you're smart enough to question yourself. A lot of people like to live in their comfortable space and they don't question what's outside because, you know, questioning your belief is scary. You know, if you know that's that, you accept it and you get along with your life and you live happy, let's say. But if you step outside, uh, you know, the castle and you venture into the unknown, you really put yourself out there and you learn as you go. So all of this, <laughs> all of this thought is to get the, to answer your question is the fact that to me, it's, it's it, this, this, this experience was once again, stepping into the unknown. It was not being defined by what I know. It was not being defined by how many other races I could have won, how, you know, how bigger my status could have gotten by, you know, getting another win or getting another whatever on another podium. It was the fact that I felt restricted in that role. I didn't feel authentic anymore to myself because I felt that, and this I tell you in all honesty, I felt like there was no more growth. It was the same experience. It was just a different race. It had just a different name. It was just a different place. But it's the same exact experience that I experienced before. So how many other times do I need to do it to know what it is? I already know what it is. Do I know that I can do it? Yes. Do I, do I know how it feels when you get to the point? Yes. I kind of anticipating already the steps because it's not just physical pain. It's the mental barriers that you need to break. It's the part that needs to get into it. So it's like, I couldn't see any more evolution doing, walking the same path. And so to me here, I'm not talking as a runner. I'm talking as a human, as a person to you. I, in this journey, I'm not striving for, you know, to, to raise my status or to raise my, my you know, credentials or make my resume more impressive i'm here to experience life i'm here to grow i'm here to understand what else i can experience because in the end we only have one journey if you only if you only do one thing in your life you're only going to know that one thing i'm curious to see what else i can experience and so in many ways to me that was liberating because i came to accept that it's hard to give up who you are because you put yourself out there and you have to find out who you can become. And, that's, uh, and that's the, that to me is the biggest challenge. I think this goes without saying, but I want to say it out loud anyway. I mean, first of all, great answer. But, you know, I, I take it... <laughs> Thank you. For, you know, many people listening to this are probably, they just signed up for another race or are in a process of, signing up for a dream race and i don't 
hear anything you're saying as being some, you know, kind of indictment of racing itself. It's about growth. And and there could be somebody listening to this where they still very much find entering the next race is still a vehicle for that growth and for exploration. And I know you would agree with that, but it's just like, well, we're 100%. all different. We're all different people. And, and it, you know, someone could on sign up journeys too. on different journeys. Yeah. And um, I yeah. think that's a really important thing because I, like I said, it probably goes without saying, but I, I don't hear you saying like, here's what's wrong with, race culture or something like that it's like oh if, no it's still uh no to to me to me it's actually sad because i enjoyed it for so long and i love the community i mean the community is amazing i love ra- i mean i used to love racing <laughs> i used to get out there i used to have that you know love that feeling of you know butterflies in your stomach you know jittery feeling at the start line the excitement of the gun going off you know running with people you know it, it's it's all amazing. It's just not serving me any purpose anymore. And again, there's I'm definitely not talking down to any yeah. race whatsoever. Yeah. Even a five K is its purpose. So, yep. you know, as you just as you just said it um, correctly, you know, we all different individuals on different unique journeys. And so, you know, I raced for tw- over twelve years. And I don't feel that it's serving me any purpose right now anymore. So if I don't get thrilled by it, I don't want to sign up just to sign up because I have to sign up. And I'm not saying I'm never going to race again either. You know, I'm just saying right now, this is not serving me any purpose. Who knows how things are going to develop in the future. Right now, this is where I'm at. And I want to, to yield to that feeling because it's not just a thought it's a feeling deep inside that you can't hide and again the liberation comes from the acceptance of it the identification to who I was who i am who we are is the boundary itself mm-hmm. yep yes. you're constrained in that because you need to identify you need to you need to confirm that you are that and that takes away freedom. That takes away freedom of choice. That takes away freedom to let your heart speak and open yourself to other opportunities. And I'm not saying you need to quit your job. You need to do anything. I'm just saying listening to your, to your gut, to your heart, to your feelings, and understand where those may lead you. Because, and, you know, there's, we all know the city, you know, follow your heart. <laughs> it's a great feeling. It's a great <laughs> saying. It's super simple, but it's one of the most profound, in my opinion. There's, there's a very famous Italian book from, from the 90s that said, go where, you, where the heart takes you. And I never really understood it until this past year. So I'm curious. I'm sitting here sharing my honest you know, view, my honest self, in a, in a, in a, you know, wrapped up in a, in a great sense of curiosity to see what and how things are going to develop for myself. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a great time to be here and share this. Because to be honest, I haven't, yet, I haven't had the time yet to, to, to openly share all of this. So this is the first time I'm doing it, and you're giving me the, the opportunity to do so. So I, I want to thank you. Now, maybe we can <laughs> circle no. back to the 
the next project that you mentioned. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, do you find yourself, have you found yourself thinking about a number of projects, challenges, and you find yourself getting excited about that? Or has it been more specifically about this one thing? And, and I want to hear you say a bit more about it, but it, you know what I mean? Is it like, ah, I next chapter for Michaela will be, you know, maybe looking at some of these different challenges that you find interesting. Struggling balls yeah. on a tricycle. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, how, how are you thinking about that right now? Um, or is it more like one, yeah. one thing at a time and then it's a wide yeah. open space? Well, right now I am, um, I'm working on this project, which is still very much ultra running related. Uh, as I mentioned to you before, my passion for running, uh, for nature, for exploration doesn't end here. I, I had those amazing, wonderful, unique experiences in, in the deserts in the Atacama in 2018 and the Gobi in 2019, where I crossed the whole length of the desert. And so those experiences call me so much. They, you know, they allow me to live truly, truly once in a lifetime type of experiences you know uh the the moment spent out there when you're weeks away from civilization uh when you know that the closest hospital is probably two thousand miles away 1500 miles away it's uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing it's like being in an ocean you know it's it's that that to me is the pure sense of adventure it's finding yourself out there and see what you're capable of and so this expedition that I'm working on right now pretty much follows along the lines of those. Um, because, of course, you know, I, I want to, to see what the next step is going to be through continuing this journey. I'm not, I'm not giving, as I told you before, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm just transitioning to something that gives me more, I guess, that fulfills me, that fulfills my, you know, my vision at this point in my life. So I am continuing down this road and I cannot answer how and when it will, it will uh, morph again. I'm definitely inspired by, you know, by big mountaineers. I love biking as well. I love skiing. So I, I don't want to narrow down my options. I want to be a player in, in the game of life, you know what I mean? And I wanted to experience as much as I can. And so that to me is at this point, the greatest calling, not being defined by, by my, my, my awards, but expand my horizons and experience as much as I can for as long as I can. You mentioned skiing. You were supposed to come to Crested Butte. We were supposed to ski together in Crested Butte. That didn't uh, happen. I know. That didn't, that didn't happen. If you want, I can give you, I can give you a little timeline of, you know, of, of what happened in the past uh, couple of years that will blow your mind. And that's why I haven't come yet. But I will. I will. Okay. I promise. Okay. I mean, I also, I also returned the invite to you to come to the Alps and ski with me here. Ooh this winter so and you will have a place to stay so Ooh. you're more than welcome to join anytime you like there's a flight into nice 
I'll pick you up and we'll go up and have some fun. So Ooh. I'll, uh, you know, I'll be down there and you can come here and then we can see. <laughs> okay. This is, this is good information. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> of course. Well, speaking of Europe, um, one development that you and I haven't really talked about is that in the last 14 months, I completely fell in love with Italy. I went to Italy for the oh. first time in June of 2022, went okay. back in November of 2022. And yeah, wow. um, yeah, I was just smitten. I just said, I was just talking, uh, I think on a different podcast and I said, I've never fallen in love faster with anyone or anything than the country of Italy. So that's a oh, development. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. So when you say, you know, um, just head over, like I'm in. Come visit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Say yeah. no more. Yeah. I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that awesome. that has been a really cool development and um i uh anyway a topic for another time but speaking of love yes one of the things that you and i talked about in the last off the couch conversation we had i believe was talking about relationships and you have been on this very specific and i'd say pretty intense trajectory um you know uh you know being a high level professional ultra runner there are many hours of training you it's also been as you've talked about well this period of self exploration and growth and you yep. were quite candid in saying that doesn't always uh make being in a relationship with someone else a simple thing and tell us a bit more um about you know from there you know and it's um it sure has been um you know it's definitely been challenging um right from the beginning because you know when i first started at least you know just up, up until a few years ago actually you know i was juggling training work personal life relationship you know all of that and it was absolutely challenging because you know um there were years that i was waking up you know at four in the morning to train and going to sleep at 10 at 10 p.m at night and you know i had hardly five six hours sleep and but for years you know so but i was so so motivated so dedicated that it, it didn't really matter just i just did it and it actually paid off, and I got to the point where I was able to leave my job and just pursue ultra running full time. That in the past years have become my career, you know? and and so in many ways I was able to create more space and be more present at home. And you know, I had to, you know, it, in a way it was my dream life. You know, waking up, having a nice, you know, tea, coffee, whatever, get out of the door, train, come home, do my things, be present. And you know, train again, and you know, mostly base at home. So it was it was a good time. Um, the problem, though, is that um, 
you know, I might have been with my wife for 14 years already at that point, um, almost 14 years. And uh, what happened in uh, actually in the, just after our last interview in the fall of 2021, I actually um, came back from, from Italy after two and a half years that I hadn't seen my parents uh, because of COVID, of course. And uh, they came to California where, you know, I bought a, I bought a nice house in, uh, in the mountains, and, you know, I had my whole, I had like, you know, when you find yourself at that point in your life, they're like, everything is exactly where you should be. You're like, I'm, I'm like, everything is, everything is perfect. I have my, I love my truck. I, lo- I have my dream house. I live in the mountains. I, I live the life that I, that I envisioned. I, have the career that I worked hard for. I get up every day with purpose. I it was everything was perfect. So I come back with my parents. They came because they, you know, I just bought the house. They wanted to see the place. I've been seeing them forever. And uh and uh the first night that we are here I'm getting personal. Uh the first night that we are having dinner uh at my place uh, at the dinner table my wife asked for divorce. Yeah, <laughs> I know, in front of my parents. So I'm like, hmm, okay, tough build swallow. I tend to not give up easily. So I, you know, I worked on, I worked on bringing a relationship back. And um, apparently the problem was the fact that she didn't, she never really, she was never really passionate about mountains. We lived there, she didn't like, neither hiking nor running, nor skiing, nor snowboarding, nothing. So I'm like, you know, I was out basically at 7 a.m., you know, uh, cross country, you know, um, you know, ski mountaineering, uh, 7, 8, 9 a.m., uh, running the rest of the day. I was just like out all day, enjoying my own. Um, She was complete out. She was just, especially through COVID, she was just sitting, you know, she was just at home all day. And so I understand it wasn't the, the, the right environment for her. And so I was like, if this is the problem, you know, Let's not give up on us. Let's see what, you know, how we can move forward from this and how we need to change. So, you know, I lived in I lived in different cities. I lived in Miami, I lived in New York, I lived in LA for you know extended period of times. And I was like, I don't want to live in cities. I need to, you know, I don't necessarily need to live in the mountains, but I need to live close to nature in a little small, smaller environment where I can, you know live a little more bearable lifestyle that is not just rat race, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, after going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, we're like, you know what, let's try Europe. Let's talk about the South of France or, you know, I live my, I, I was born in Sarremo, which is right by the French border on the Northwest coast of Italy. So, right. I'm like, my town Sarremo is 20 minutes from the French border, 30 minutes from Monaco. And 45 minutes from Nice. So it's right there. And so I was like, you know, my family's there for the first time in 14, in actually 15 years that I've been in the States. Um, I'll have a support system, uh, which was a great change, a great, you know, uh, idea to aim for, to, make, to aim towards. And so I was like, you know, let's, let's take the gamble. So I sold my dream house. I sold my, lo- my beloved truck. Uh, I sold everything on a whim. You know, we made an intercontinental move. Throughout the move, I lost my dog, uh, which passed. 
And, uh, you know, it was hard settling in and uh, for the, at the beginning. And shortly after, uh, that was June 2022, I got that bad injury uh, at the race in Cortina. And so, you know, things just started falling, you know, just one setback, one issue, one problem after the other. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, settling in and then eventually got injured. Eventually, for the first time, I got COVID. Then, then the, towards the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, after we did all of these things, my wife asked me for divorcing. And so I was like, ah, okay, this is, this is hard. <laughs> and so, you know, at that point I was like, you know, we've been trying too much, uh, so many, so many times. Here I'm sharing something really, you know, really personal, um, but uh, never really, she never really understood or supported fully what I was doing. Uh, my, no, I don't see my, my this path. Uh, just as a career, I see as a as as a journey, as a life journey, as I explained before. And so, you know, she couldn't. Uh, she couldn't. Uh, it wasn't about the time. It wasn't about the you know the time I was spending out training because you know if you had a nine to five job, you spend at least thirty thirty five hours, forty hours a week working. I would be training twenty five thirty hours a week, so that that's my job. You know, if I was working in a factory or if I work in an office, if I work in any sort of career, I would be working up. Um, uh, so it was more about the, you know, the, the whole vision. And, you know, we came to a point where we kind of grew apart and that was like, what? So, you know, this past nine months, just over nine months, 10 months plus, we've been separating and uh, working which is which has been you know for challenging especially after being together for 14 years that you can imagine how it shakes the ground on she stayed at the house that i got and so you know i've been kind of camping and traveling this past uh three seasons uh nine months plus and that takes away a lot of your you know that's why i felt i feel uh, very unrooted still to the day. I finally got another house uh, in the hills, uh, right at the footsteps of the Alps, and uh, been renovating that. That's the house I'm inviting. And, uh, and so, you know, things are coming to a resolution. Things are developing to a more uh, hopefully balanced way where I can find my ground again. I can lay my roots and I can grow again. Um, just because, again, it's been so challenging. I think that I don't want to say, I don't want to, you know, blame uh, life and situations, but of course, my emotional imbalance uh, experience at Tao was most likely also due to, to this situation. So as of right now, um, you know, I am, I'm like, I, I feel like, a, that's why I was joking about the boxer on the ground yeah. leading. I feel like I've been taking the hits and, and I feel like I am, you know, I'm on my knee right now. I'm about to stand back up. And so it's a good feeling. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I definitely grew a lot. But I learned a, lot, a great deal of patience and understanding for myself and for everything that happens around me. 
through all of this, I also lost my only grandma. So you can imagine how that, uh, you know, hard that has been as well. So, you know, all of these things kind of, you know, taught me that um, the life is not just, you know, what we plan. It's everything that happens around you. And, and uh, the art of dancing through it is how, you know, that defines how the, the quality of the life that you want to live. So I'm learning to dance, <laughs> not just through the good, but also through the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And learning perhaps how to take a punch and how to get back up. Yeah. Yep. 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 So it's been like a set of punches here and a few mm-hmm. kicks in the mouth too. <laughs> Hmm. I feel like I've been fighting Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're, yeah. it makes sense why yeah. you feel that way. Um, listen, I know you need to get going because you need to go have meetings about this next project of yours that you've yes. just told us a bit about. Um, so I do want to let you get going uh, just in a minute here, but um, I am grateful to have had this initial catch up with you. I am, Likewise, I am a hundred percent going to take you up on the offer uh, to come to come back to Italy. And awesome. My life is now awesome. my life is now just about figuring out more excuses to get there. That's kind of where I'm. That's, that's where that's where I'm at at the moment. But um, and. Awesome. Uh, I would love to talk further. We have some other things uh, that, that we discussed before uh, starting the recording of this conversation, but um, yeah, I, yeah. we'll we'll talk about those things uh, further and and perhaps have you back. We'll have yeah. you back on here maybe sooner than later. And um, yeah, yeah, we have more boxes to open, and we can definitely connect as I said next week or anytime you would like. So we can. I'll be back immediately on Monday, so we can. Uh, we can coordinate for sure. And I can show you the new house so you can see where you'll be staying. <laughs> Perfect. Um, listen, always, um, always a pleasure. I appreciate the, the deep dives and the explorations and your, your candor about these things. And um, I would still recommend anybody who has not read Ultra, um, it goes further in depth on a number of the things that we've touched on here. And also I think we'll sort of flesh out your extremely interesting story and life um, that it just all serves as a very nice compliment to this conversation. So Michaela, as always, thank you. Jonathan, it's always a great pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, sir. You take care. Well, that's it for this episode of Off the Couch. I want to say thanks to Michaela for another great conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everyone else. Please keep moving forward. And we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>